What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush Monday. Noel and I were just talking about movies even before we recorded. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Chucky, can you hear me? It is I, Noel Brown. I've never seen the movie Tommy, so I'm probably doing this all wrong. You're yeah. doing it just right. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Uh, so no, we, we, at the we top. were talking about the Who's Tommy, right? And it was directed yeah. by a, a weirdo director, Ken Russell. Ken who, Russell. Uh, I need to. I'm d- digging into his oeuvre right now. And Altered States is is the one that always pops out as like a, a very psychedelic uh, take a shot uh, movie. Yeah, I think uh, Women in Love is also one of his kind of uh, more well known kind of signature films as well, mm-hmm. if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, because he's still around? No, he died nine years ago. Oh, well. Ah, oh, R.I.P. We hardly even knew that ye were dead. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's cool. Very uh, weird 70s. You know, the way those movies look back then was just so cool. That kind of uh, rich yet faded color. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you were saying off mic in a in a, a a red hot take that you prefer Elton John's version of Pinball Wizard featured in the movie <laughs> I do. to the Who's it's version. It's pretty killer, man. Because uh, I think I don't know. I love it. I love the that riff on the piano a lot better. Mm. And then he does a vocal. Uh, he does a, a little bit different vocal take on "Sure Plays a Mean Pinball." That that line that I like a lot. Now, am I, am I correct in uh, saying that he, Elton John, is playing the titular pinball wizard in the movie? Isn't that right? Uh, no, Tommy is the pinball wizard. What? Who's Elton John? He's like his. He's his nemesis, maybe. Yeah. Is <laughs> he a, is he a pinball now, wizard? His actual role. Uh, it's been a while, but it's good, and I thoroughly enjoy it. He adds more soul to that song, I think, with that sure. uh, voice of his than Mr. Daltrey. 
Uh, I don't know, Chuck. I hate to tell you, but his role is the, the pinball wizard. Oh, is he? <laughs> That's what it says here on Wikipedia. So, well, I thought I Tommy know. was the pinball wizard because. He's the deaf, I think dumb, Tommy's and blind the, kid. Tommy's the young upstart that's giving the the, the, uh, the 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 dark horse that's giving the pinball wizard a run for his money. But in the song, that deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. He's a pinball wizard. Ooh, it's a good point. Fuck, man, I'm all point, confused Chuck. now. I'm just look, I am too. <laughs> I just look stupid. Thanks for bringing this up. No, no, no. <laughs> look, I, I literally just googled Elton John in Tommy, and it says Tommy Elton John character big text the pinball wizard. So I, I, I you have to take this one up with the internet, Chuck, because I don't have the information in my brain to to <laughs> back it up. Stop the steal, Noel. <laughs> uh, I almost spit my coffee all over my mic. So I have a couple of uh, catch-up points here. Uh, I want to let yeah. everyone know that I, I upped my popcorn game. I was sh- very shamefully just doing microwave popcorn, and that's just that's the garbage way to do it. If you don't want good popcorn, get microwave popcorn. It's true. And uh, I got a, a Whirly Pop on the advice of uh, John Hodgman. And a Whirly Pop is... Uh, basically, I think you can just get the lid, but I got the lid and the pot, uh, and it's uh, it's got a handle with a little crank, and that's attached to a little rotary spinner, and you put in your your stuff, and uh, you turn the little handle so it's interactive. Like Ruby's gonna love this thing, and it spins the popcorn while you cook it on the stove. Nice, I love a good crank, Chuck. No, 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 things aren't manual good enough Lord. these days. You know what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I just said I like a good crank. I like a good physical thing that you put your hand on and turn. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to be sincere here, Chuck, and it's all coming out wrong. Yeah, because of your filthy gutter mind. Uh, but the whirly pop, I've also kicked it up with the uh, the orange coconut oil for the movie theater style. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. The drippy drips. Yeah, the drippy drips. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. a little, I, I do, I don't go like crazy with the different toppings. I know that people have their loves and their suggestions, including, uh, what is it, yeast or something? N- nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast. <laughs> I just like or that movie. The, the hippies, hippies call it nooch, <laughs> which sounds even worse. Oh, God, the hippies. Oh, the hippies. Uh, I just use the movie sort of orangey popcorn salt and, yeah. and give it a good shake, and that's my game. Yeah. Well, you know, it would also be good, Chuck, and this is not this is not over the top. Just get a nice seasoning salt, you know, get a nice like a, array of seasoned salts and you can have a different flavor melange every time. All right. I'll try that. I like a melange. Yeah. You, I love a good melange. Uh, I, I like this. The idea of this, uh, this analog, you know, of a stove popcorn crank situation. I'm going to look into that. Uh, Jerry's texting me. No, does everyone want to hear a text from Jerry? Yeah, is it, is it, are you in trouble? Is everything okay? <laughs> hey, I'm hearing weird uh, that weird electrical noise in your track again uh, I, that I used to hear in the recordings, uh, but figured it was a one-off as they seem pretty clean. Has anything changed in your space? It's not terrible. I can work around it, but it's definitely worse than it was before the last two to three home sessions. I have electrical interference, Noel. What the hell? You got, you got, you got gremlins, bro, in your electricals. Uh, you know what I would do, Chuck? I would just unplug the cord and just, just plug it back in, make sure it's got a nice solid connect. For the uh, audition? You just for the mic, you know. It's, it, mic. This is getting introduced somewhere, you know, in a cord. Uh, so it could be that maybe it's just gotten a little loose or something. Sometimes they, they work their way a little loose, but right. um, this, I don't hear it. Oh, well, your mic is also feeding the Zoom, so I would hear it. But I don't know. Um, maybe send me this track after we finish and we can troubleshoot that business. This has been Tech Talk. 
Podcast Tech Talk. Uh, and Noel, I also want to thank the, uh, and I know you know this because I texted you last night, but I want to thank the great people at Moog. Uh, we did a theremin podcast on Stuff You Should Know. I finished the episode talking a little bit about the theremini, which is Moog's sort of uh, electric version, uh, synthesized mm-hmm. version of the theremin and how neat it looked. Yeah. And they sent me one. Just sent me uh. one. Moog is amazing. I, I actually went to a Moog Fest a handful of years ago. I bet that was uh, with so much a, fun. With a, it was it was great. But they actually, they're such a lovely company. They upgraded my press pass to what's called an engineer pass, uh, where you actually get to build in a classroom with the de- the developer, the designer, their new like product that hasn't even come out yet so i got to like solder a hundred and something 20 patch points on this like printed circuit board and i and then i got to keep it it's this device called the drummer from another mother it's a synthesizer drum machine thing and it's fantastic wow Mm -hmm. that's so cool i can't wait to go uh, it's in Asheville, right? To go, it's in. Well, actually, it used to be when I went. It was in Winston Salem in the whole Research Triangle area at multiple venues, and it was fantastic. I saw Animal Collective. I saw who? Uh, well, that was the big one. There were a few really awesome smaller uh, artists that played, but Animal Collective was the headliner. It was lovely. I think the factory though is in Asheville, right? That's right. The yeah. factory is in Asheville. That's where uh, I want to go. And yeah, mm-hmm. you can. I think they they do tours. Totally, so. man. I'm all over it. So big thanks to Moog. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna thank them on stuff you should know too. Uh, that theremin I plugged it in this morning finally, and it's pretty fun. Uh, hard to master, but I'm gonna mess around with it, and then I'm going to let you borrow it. Yay! It's pretty neat. So Noel, Wait. there's been talk loosely here and there about a crusher fest, and I was thinking today how much fun that would be, and uh, uh-huh. I think it could take a lot of shapes. But what I thought would be fun is if let's say we rented out the Plaza Theater here in Atlanta. Totally. And had like an all-day thing, basically. Like, we got to make it worth it if people are coming. And um, have three movie screenings throughout the course of the day, uh, all decided on by the Crushers. And then we, in between, have socials there uh, in the theater. And we could play games. We can do... We can do whatever. We can have people chime in and, and talk about what might be fun to do. Icebreaker socials, get to know you stuff. And then maybe have it catered, uh, have lunch and dinner catered and drinks and stuff. I think that would be a lot of fun when things return to normal, uh, maybe I, late next year. I would absolutely love that. And the closest thing I could compare that to, um, I think I told you is I went to an event at the IFC Center in, in New York mm-hmm. for John Cameron Mitchell's epic uh, multi-part podcast series uh, Anthem Homunculus and it was a sit-down listening session for the whole thing so it was literally a, a theater you know the size of the plaza full of people and there would be breaks where they would have like they had like a lunch break and then a dinner break and yeah. catering people just came through um, this would be a great example we could do like a six-part screening fest an all-day kind of movie fest situation that would be so much fun and I think I could probably get a uh a block of hotel rooms mm-hmm. at maybe uh, the uh, what's Highland Inn, yeah, at the Highland yeah. Inn or the uh, what's the one down the street next to Pont City Market with the the Claremont Hotel, the Claremont, and we could podcast in between the movies. We could watch the movie and then do like a like a podcast sesh about the movie. We totally we could. could take take um, you know questions from the audience and have like a mic. 
This has got to happen, Chuck. I mean, if we could get 100 people here, it would be worth it. And maybe, I don't know, we'll look into it. I don't want, like, the expense is a thing that can keep people from going. So maybe I can just, like, try and fit the bill for everything but travel. Yeah. Sounds pretty awesome, man. It could be a lovely celebratory thing for a return to normalcy. Right. And to like, yeah. And people could drive if they're close enough. Mm. And if you could afford a plane ticket, um, then maybe maybe we could just throw some of the, I mean, Movie Crush doesn't make much money, but I'm I'm happy to funnel that money into a big thing like this. Totally. That would be kind of cool. Count me in, Chuck. Oh, no. You're you're not invited, no. (laughs) Damn it. It'd be fun. We could have Casey and Paul and Annie and Holly and like, all, and you, dummy, and all the all the in house people. Like that would be so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm into it. All right, Crusher Fest. Uh, we got to make that happen, everyone. Yeah, man. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. All right, Noel, we're going to get going here with... uh... Uh, we got a couple of little segments. Uh, one we're going to take from the Crushers, uh, the great Austin Debsky, one of the great Crushers. He always has such great ideas. He is talking about, uh, he says, okay, animation to live action usually doesn't work. He said didn't work, but maybe sometimes it does. I mean, what are other examples of that? Well, okay, never mind. I just answered my own question. But I guess the big ones these days are all the Disney live action kind of reboot things, which I would argue. So far, not great, right? Correct. Don't particularly work. Yeah. Uh, He says, what live action to animation do you think could work? Like, what what movie would you want to see animated uh, or something from that world animated? I think that's a pretty cool question. It's such a cool question that my brain is just like whirling. I'm trying to lock on to something that would make sense. 
Well, something science fiction-y maybe. Yeah. Like Dune. Dune would be a cool animated or yeah. like a Blade Runner animated. Oh, Like shit. in the style of anime or something, like Akira kind of, you know? That'd Blade cool. Runner, that would be cool. And I think the animation style, uh, you can go a lot of different directions with some of this stuff. So mm-hmm. let's see what the crushers have to say. All right. Grant Woody says, I think they could be fairly successful with an animated Mad Max series. Uh, maybe in the same style as Adult Swim's mm-hmm. Primal, which I have not yes. seen. Oh, dude, you got to see Primal. It's Gendy Tarkakovsky, who who did like Dexter's Laboratory and the Powerpuff Girls and a lot of those early Cartoon Network originals. But um, it's called Primal, and it's, there's no dialogue. It's just a caveman I'm and his at dinosaur. It looks and it's fucking brutal. Yeah, it it's looks so really cool. sad and so violent and gorgeous. Wow! But I'm with uh, listener here, um, Grant Woody. His name, I, Grant Woody, uh, big time. Like seriously. All right. Uh, Leah Mitchell wants to see a Harry Potter animated series. I uh, obviously we know where I lie there, but that is uh, and I agree with John Kell. He commented that I'm surprised it doesn't already exist. That seems like a no brainer. You know, kids would eat that up Mm -hmm. and you could just be in that world and not even have it be the movies and uh, like the further adventures of the boy wizard. Totally. You see, they're uh, doing a they're doing a series. Uh, they're developing a series for uh, HBO Max. I think I did see that. Yeah, it made made a lot of news on all the nerd sites. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, whatever. You know, like like I said, like I'm not. Okay, guys, I'm going to come clean. Not a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> Coming clean, first time ever on record. Not that I don't like it. I just like some of the movies are cool. Some of them are kind of too kitty and a little, you know, just kind of a snooze. But uh, I feel that way about a lot of the Star Wars movies, and yet I loved The Mandalorian. Right. So I would I would be interested to see if for HBO Max they could do a grittier Harry Potter situation that could be like something that even if you're not intimately like all up in the movies and the books that you could enjoy as standalone. Uh, where he's like fucking people up. Totally shredding faces. Does he not do that in the movies? He does. He shreds not a face. Nary a face is shredded. Mm. I don't think he, you know, he definitely wizards out on some, some mofos, but yeah, I would love to see, I mean, it, you know, it, I can't imagine it would be all the same, you know, kids. It would be like a different class, probably different stories. Right. Uh, our old friend, Zach Pointer says uh, fight club and Austin Debsky himself said fight club would work pretty well as an anime. Yeah. That'd be cool. Huh? There is a comic book uh, sequel to fight club. Right. Like a it graphic novel only as a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And Zach Pointer also says Rambo. I could see that. And mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. posted, a, maybe it's just a a little quick thing, but there is an animated Rambo, but it might have just been, <laughs> or maybe yeah. it was a full 80s cartoon. I don't know. Yeah, if there was going to be a time for that, it would have been the 80s when they were doing like, yeah. you know, executives were just all, you know, geeked out in their boardrooms, green lighting every cartoon, you know, uh, of, of every action property. Like, I mean, the G.I. Joe cartoon existed exclusively to sell children's underpants. <laughs> uh, David Gooch commented on that. The Gooch said the 80s. I don't remember these. He said there was a RoboCop, a police academy and a toxic mm-hmm. Avenger cartoon. Yeah. A Toxic Avenger card. I remember the action figures for the Toxic Avenger cartoon. Wow. They were kind of like Ninja Turtles, but grosser. Okay. Uh, The Mr. T cartoon, of course. I remember that. That was pretty fun. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Carrie uh, Nidil says Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think 
technically there was, or was that just uh, the Hobbit? No, there's there's a, there's a, a Lord Ralph of the Rings, Bakshi right? did the first one. He did okay. only the Fellowship of the Ring. That was Ralph. Oh, Bakshi. that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got to update that shit. That, that stuff looks pretty dated now. I think it looks real bad. I mean, I, I would argue that the Hobbit looks better. Yeah, than the Lord than the Fellowship of the Ring one. All right. The dragon looks really cool in the Hobbit. Agreed. Uh, the Fifth Element. That's from Ryan Townsend. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I need to rewatch that because I didn't love it back in the day. I just thought it was okay, but I know it's so revered. I think maybe it deserves a rewatch. I think it's one of those ones that's a little bit style over substance. It's so stylish and like cool looking that you sort of give the fact that the plot is a little flimsy a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I would love to do the same. The, the, that same director who I believe did The Professional, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the one about with, with young, young Lolita-esque uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did those uh, the the Fifth Element, but he also did a one that came out pretty recently called Valerium, the City of a Thousand Somethings, mm-hmm. and it was very much in the same you know visual wheelhouse as as Fifth Element, but also kind of a flimsy story, but really cool to look at uh, to the point where I would say that I kind of liked it. All right, Luc uh, Luc Besson, Luc Besson, yes, if I'm not mistaken, that's correct. Uh, Joseph Bell's Predator, yeah, that'd be a pretty boss uh, cartoon. I always say cartoon, animated film. I'm fine with cartoon. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it's somehow dismissive or diminutive. Uh, Rebecca Robe, killer admin, wonderful person, great human, says uh, Alien franchise and Face Off. And Debsky said Alien franchise and stop motion would be kind of weird and scary. Yeah, I agree. Be a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, it's stop motion. I made, dude, I went to make uh, a stop motion movie when I first got my high eight video camera and it could go frame by frame. And I got my Star Wars figures out and I did about 16 seconds of movie <laughs> and it took a day and a half and it looked good because I was really going super slow frame by frame. Uh, it looked awesome, but I was just like, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to die and not finish this. It takes so long. It's painstakingly long. Well, you, you, you've seen that amazing little moment in Parks and Rec, right? Where uh, uh, Adam Scott's character is depressed and unemployed, and he like is making the stop motion animation film. I don't uh, remember that. Oh, it's fabulous. He he's talking about it to uh, whatever his name, Rob Lowe's character, who's visiting him, and he's uh, he's saying, "Oh my God, I'm working on my stop motion film. Let me show it to you." And he shows it it's to him like two it seconds. Like, it's like Requiem <laughs> for a Sunday or, or a Monday or uh-huh. something. Like that. And it's it's the it's the REM song "Stand," and it's the intro, and it's like a dude getting out of bed, and it's just like the intro chords, and then he goes "Stand," and it's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "That was it." I worked on this for like a month and a half. <laughs> it is really painstaking. And that's why, you know, when you do Fantastic Mr. Fox or uh, Isle of Dogs or one of these modern, um, you know, Nick Park style stop motion, they have teams of people, you know, and it's much more. I mean, it's still t- it's still painstaking, but uh, they have a process in place. 
Obviously, totally. it's not. Yeah, also, like, I mean, I, I know that uh, what's his name, uh, Wes Anderson. He monitors a lot of the production, just like 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 the voice of God, like on TV monitors from his apartment. You know, just like on a screen uh, where they, you know, he can switch back and forth between the different sets and kind of you know supervise a little bit. But yeah, you you, I mean, like it's not like you got to be there every second. You give them the vision, and then they work on it for like three weeks yeah. or whatever to get the one sequence. You know, it's amazing. God bless him. Yeah. Uh, Meenal Data, one of our favorites, says Doctor Who. Uh, I've still never seen Doctor Who, but uh, obviously I know enough about it to know it would probably be pretty cool animated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Midsomar, that's from Jonathan Cooley. <laughs> wow. I posted a really good meme where it was like Midsomar, but featuring the Animaniacs. Um, you know, I haven't seen it's, it. it's like smashing heads with like mallets, oh. you know, like cartoon style <laughs> gotcha. kind of. It was. It was good. Uh, James G. Woodbeck says, Army of Darkness. That would be cool. Just the Evil Dead franchise animated. I'm, I mean, they've like milked that thing so much. They might as well. Oh, dude, that would be great. And and, and by the way, a quick ex- another example of 80s stuff like that. The real Ghostbusters was a really cool Ghostbusters cartoon that I was hugely into. I, when I was didn't see that. I think I remember knowing about it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuntz. The Danger Oven says The Thing. Yeah, that would be cool. Would be cool. That's an animated movie. Faux show. Uh, Charles Martin Akers agrees with you about Blade Runner anime. He said basically Akira. And he also says that. Holy shit. We said the same thing. Yeah. He also says uh, Interstellar series in cell shading style. Uh Uh-huh. What's cell shading? It's like, um, well, have you ever played the game Borderlands or seen stills from the game Borderlands? Nope. It, it it's essentially where everything looks kind of flat, uh almost almost like uh those movies like Waking Life and um uh uh oh, like Rotoscope. Another one. Roto- it's sort of like Rotoscope, but it's like where it kind of looks 2D, but there's like it's, it's like the cells are painted on. It's like they're real people, but the cells are kind of painted on and they have like sort of like feathered edges a little bit. I'm looking at the stills from Borderlands. It looks really cool. It's a great game. It's a great series. Really fun games. I'm still burning through that Spider-Man game. Fun, fun. Uh, I am well into Last of Us 2, and uh, yeah, I can only you? play that game. I can only play that game for about 30 minutes at a time. Oh, really? Because it's ve- well, only because it's just it's just kind of upsetting. I mean, no, no like when, when your when your character gets killed, it's like visceral. Yeah, and yeah. like you feel it. And I can only go through that so many times before I'm like, okay, I'm going to move on. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm at this part where there are all these like trip wires and I just kept getting blown up like brutally. And it's very jarring when it happens because you don't see them because they're in like tall grass or something, you know? Yeah. Boy, I'm going to try and pronounce this name, Noel. I don't even know what some of these little uh, marks over the letters mean. These are not umlauts. Oops. Sorry about that. Uh, John Atli Gonjunson. All right. I'm going to go with that. Sorry, John. I know I butchered that. But the reason I butchered is because you have a great idea. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That would be killer as an animated film. Another one that I had that has just missed me, missed my radar, gone under it, whatever. Not, not that I'm not aware of it. I just have never seen it. Um, but You'd enjoy I, it. I know I would. It, 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 it does. It does look like a like a cartoonish kind of romp, almost like a you know schlocky pulp kind of situation. Yeah. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. It's it's great. A lot of fun. 
uh, very funny as well. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Uh, all right, Noel, we're going to move on. Thanks, Austin, for that. That was a lot of fun. You can go check it out on the Movie Crushers page if you want to submit your own animated movie idea. Uh, we are going to move on, Noel, to something we haven't done in a while. A little game called Noel's Holes. All right. It's been a minute. Ready. It has been a minute. Uh, I've been watching a lot of movies lately, though. I've been seeing this girl and hanging out a lot, and we watch a lot of movies together. Uh, and I've made a list. Uh, a lot of it is some of my favorites, but a lot of them are making their way from the Knowles Holes segments onto this list. Oh, so I nice. can, you know, because it's fun to watch things with somebody who hasn't seen it that you're intimately familiar with. Sure. But it's also nice to watch something that neither of you have seen. Agreed. And be completely uh, surprised. Agreed. Uh, well, no, I got out my Venn diagram, my abacus. I got out my. Uh, any what else? My adding machine. I have a computer. I have a professional baseball, major league baseball scoreboard. Chuck, let's be real. Your computer basically is all of those things. <laughs> you know, we're living in a brave new world, my friend. I have my yes and my no column and my pen and hand. Noel, you've been watching a lot of movies, but have you been watching a lot of black and white movies? A few, yeah, a few. All right, well, that's the category today, Noel. Black and white well. modern movies. Oh, I might do well. I took it easy on you because I know you don't refuse to see any movie pre-1974. That is not true, Chuck, and you know that. <laughs> but uh, these are all, and by modern, I mean, you know, from the sort of 80s forward. Yeah, like black and white on purpose as a stylistic choice. Exactly. Yes. All right, Noel, we're going to start it off with a little movie from Alexander Payne called Nebraska. I haven't seen it. No. Okay. 
Uh, Noel, we're going to move on to number two here. This director will pop up a couple of times because he loves to shoot in black and white. A little uh, noir, modern, revisionist Western called Dead Man. I have seen Dead Man, yes. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. With the soundtrack by Mm. the RZA. It's great. Neil Young, man. Oh, wait. No, not the RZA then. Wait, no, isn't it a little... No, no. Didn't the RZA do You're talking a little about bit of music? Ghost Dog, probably. Ghost Dog. Sorry, Neil Young. You're right. No, Dead Man was uh, Neil Young scored it, and it's one of my favorite movie scores. In fact, I was just listening to that the other day when it was raining and dark. It's a perfect time. It's a lot of just kind of solo guitar, like loping kind of like reverby guitar. Very reverby soundscape yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of plays a lot of the scores sort of based around this one main riff. That mm-hmm. is very simple, but just so effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proof positive that you don't have to be super fancy with your with your musics. I completely agree. And I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I need to watch it again. I really don't remember a whole hell of a lot of what happens, but I've definitely seen it all the way through. Yeah, it's great. And weird. It's a very strange movie. I love it. All right. Noel, number three. Uh, previous to him being a creep in this movie, looking even creepier, uh, the movie Manhattan from Woody Allen was regarded as an all-time great. Have you seen Manhattan? No, we've talked about this. My Woody Allen, uh, my Woody Allen um, repertoire no. is, is pretty limited. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've really only seen um, I've seen Sleeper, which is a weird one, uh-huh. and I've seen A Midnight in Paris, right. and I've seen uh, like one other one, um, but not not a ton. And it's it's not because I've like canceled Woody Allen. It's just something I've just never gotten around yeah. to. He's not your it's, guy. He's one of those. He's one of those filmmakers too, where he's got a lot, so it's hard to know where to start, sure. unless you're already kind of in in it, yeah. you know, or you're with someone who can give you some wrecks. So yeah, definitely not averse to it, but have not seen it. Yeah, Manhattan is is tough, uh, especially now because of the subject matter of the film. He is a middle aged man dating a high school girl, and I, I know it was a different time and everything, but it's still like uh, every every time I think about Manhattan, I'm just like, just you should have made her in college. It, it's still a May December, is it May December? Yeah, May December romance, if that's what you're after. Uh, but it's like all he had to do was make her 19 instead of 16, you know. But he didn't. He made her 16, and that's really creepy given uh, other, you know, his real life. All right, Noel, we're moving on. You have no comment on it. that, so that's. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not armed with enough information to comment on it. Really. <laughs> All right, number four, Noel is a movie we've covered on this show from. Uh, uh, oh, geez, was it Francis Ford Coppola? Uh, the great movie Rumblefish. Oh, I don't think so. No, I've seen The Outsiders. Does that count? No. I could have put that on the list. I went with Rumblefish. It's not black and white, though. Uh, Outsiders, yes, you're right. It is not black and white, is it? No. Yeah, no. All right. Rumblefish, I remember the book that was by the same writer as The Outsiders, S.E. Hinton. That's right. I believe. Yeah, she was, uh, I think she was from Tulsa, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. And she. A lot of greasers. Greasers in those movies. Greasers and socias. The socias, yes. <laughs> Rumblefish is great. You'd like it. Good uh, good score there, too. Stuart Copeland did the score. Oh, cool. Yeah, love him. All right, Noel. Moving on to a great, great movie from uh, the 2000s, I think. I don't think it was 90s. Uh, good Night and Good Luck. 
Oh yeah, love it. I have I have that on I have that on DVD actually. Oh well, look at you don't get bonus points for that, you know. With, what's the guy's name? David Strathairn. Yeah, Strathairn. He's one of my favorites. Strathairn. Strathairn. He uh, <laughs> is briefly in The Sopranos in a later season where he plays like the guidance counselor at the at, oh, at AJ's yeah. high school, and he briefly gets embroiled in a, a, a th- affair with uh, Carmela, and then kind of really tactlessly breaks up with her after accusing her of kind of using him to get her son into a good college, which admittedly she kind of is, but he doesn't play it very well. <laughs> Let's say that. And then he's done on the show, but she doesn't have him whacked. So, Oh, she that. does not. She does not. Oh, okay. No, she thinks better of it. She gives, she's very angry for a minute, but then she, uh, she thinks better of it. All right, Noel, we're going to move on to a Coen brothers film called the man who wasn't there. Love that one. It seemed like that one was, it was such a, under the radar kind of one like it didn't i don't remember it getting a big theatrical release i came across it on dvd as kind of like uh what's this oh a coen brothers movie that i'm not familiar with at all yeah yeah i mean if you do a black and white movie it's not going to perform as well it's just that's why studios are like no i know you have an artistic vision but they just don't perform as well at the box office period Mm -hmm. Uh, it is what it is i love it i love that people are still using that medium despite uh, or in spite of those numbers, but uh, that's why the man who wasn't there wasn't that big. One one reason we've talked we, we've talked about yeah yeah it's a really weird one. It's a noir with twists and turns, and it goes places you're not expecting. And obviously Billy Bob Thornton's fabulous and and perfect for that kind of ta- what what's the word like laconic kind of. Yeah, I don't think he's a private detective. Exactly, I don't remember exactly what he is, but it's uh, it's a cool movie. Um, we talked about the fact that there is a black and white cut of Mad Max Fury Road, and that was yeah. what he really wanted to do. But the, but again, studio was like, Mm-mm. I saw clips. It looks pretty awesome, but it's also, but also like so great yeah. in color. Totally. The the cl- color of the dust, and yeah. the silver and all. Well, the silver actually reads pretty well in black and white. But um, no, I, I, I think it was the right stylistic choice to not go that route. And yeah. then you can have it in case you want it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right, Noel, we're going to move on. You're you're three to three right now. Okay, okay, okay. Number seven, a movie, uh, a biopic, a musician biopic, which I know you don't love, about Ian Curtis of Joy Division, a movie called Control. We talked about this, Chuck. Um, I haven't seen it because it seems really depressing uh, and sad. Uh, I know it's directed by the great Anton Corbin, who I love, his music video work. I haven't really seen any oh, of his, he direct uh, that? features. I believe so. Yeah, oh, very nice. It's a good movie. Uh, especially, obviously, if you love uh, Joy Division. Um, it is Anton Corbin. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Riley, he did a great job. All right, moving on to number eight. Uh, I know you've seen it, but I'm throwing you a bone. I had to be fair. A movie called The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not only is that black and white, it's also in like a weird square aspect ratio. Yeah, I love that square. Yeah, and, and it makes sense because it really does kind of hem you in to this like, uh, oh, what's the word? Like kind of claustrophobic uh, feeling, you know, along with the characters. Yeah, and that verticality, you know, of a lighthouse, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, number yeah, nine, Noel, a wonderful, wonderful film called Francis Ha. It's another one that I've wanted to see. Um, I really like. Uh, that's Noah Baumbach, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. I haven't seen. It. I've seen the 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 fa- now I guess iconic sequence of her like ballet dancing through the streets in like a really amazing tracking shot in New York. But no, I haven't seen it. Wonderful movie. Cool. 
All right, Noel, number 10. Uh, I can't remember. You've either seen it or you haven't. Yeah, but I remember we talked about it. Uh, a little movie called Roma. Uh, it's another one I missed because it just seemed really depressing. It just seemed really depressing. All right, Noel. Uh, yeah, it, I can't would you would you would you say it's depressing or is it does it have uplifting qualities? I heard it's just really heavy. I mean, it's not light. Yeah, but it's not, uh, and it's great. Okay, all right. I mean, it, it, they can't all be Disney movies, Noel. On my list, literally, I have a list, literally <laughs> adding it to it right now. And it looks, I mean, it's one of the most amazing looking movies. That black and white is magnificent. Have you have you crushed that one with the guest? No, I don't okay. think so. Unless Casey and I did it. I don't think we did. All right, Noel, moving on. Number 11, we're halfway home. Another Jim Jarmusch movie. It's a great, it's called Stranger Than Paradise. I haven't seen that wow. one. I haven't seen Down By Law. Which is also black and white, right? Yeah. Isn't Down by Law black and white? No, I haven't seen those. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you hate Jim Jarmish. I don't. You know, I, I guess I've seen Broken Flowers, which I enjoyed. I've seen Ghost Dog. I've seen Dead Man. Um, right. he, he's very like, uh, I mean, his movies are kind of a, a thing. They're a specific, like oh, kind yeah. of slow burn kind of thing, yeah, you yeah. know? I think Coffee and Cigarettes is black and white, too. I saw Coffee and Cigarettes, too. He likes the medium. All right, Noel. Great, great first film from a great, great director, Mr. Spike Lee, called She's Gotta Have It. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Do the Right Thing either, dude. I am uh, uh, woefully behind on my Spike Lee. You're underspiked? I'm underspiked. All right. Uh, You're falling behind here, Noel. I think you've seen this next one. Uh, A wonderful foreign film, a German film called Wings of Desire. Wings of Desire by the great Wim Wenders. <laughs> Is that a yes? yes. All right. that's, that's an ach ja. I have seen that. All right. I thought so. That's a ja. Uh-huh. Not a nine. A resounding ja. No, I don't think you've seen this, but you never know with you. It is a mockumentary from the 90s, I believe. A foreign film called Man Bites Dog. Absolutely, I've seen that. And I, uh, it's very disturbing, uh, very funny, uh, and really, really great. Um, it's about like a – it, it does a really good job of kind of um, – I mentioned it recently, I think, on stuff that, stuff that I want you to know, because we were talking about the idea of, you know, fake news and uh, cult of personality and all of that. Uh-huh. And it basically, you know, follows around this total psychopath uh, who... Serial killer. Serial killer, yeah. psychopath, who actively, you know, is is murdering people on camera. And then the the news crew or documentary crew ultimately, inevitably becomes complicit in his acts, like to the point where they're helping him, like, hide bodies and shit. Yeah, um, good movie. And it's a really good metaphor for, like, what's going on with the, the media covering certain types uh, and giving them, you know, giving oxygen to their bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it, does, it does ultimately make them complicit in some ways. Yeah, I agree. Good movie. All right, Noel, this movie I actually have not seen. It was, uh, geez, did it win Best Picture? I think it might have. Uh, the Artist. Yeah, it, 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 did, it did win Best Picture. And I think that's one of those Best Picture ones that people like immediately kind of forgot, even though it's really great. But it's one of those like old Hollywood circle jerks kind of yeah. that, like the, the Academy <laughs> just adores, you know, um, and, and that's what it is. And it's but it's I mean, it's good. It's really good. But it's like I could see how in general audiences might not have been as into that as like Academy members were. Yeah, I hear you. Circle jerk. Very nice. Noel. 
Uh, class it up. All right. The next one, Noel, I know you've seen uh, a little black and white film called Schindler's List. Yeah, black and white, except for that heartbreaker with the red dress. Red dress. That's it. Yeah. All right. Boy, I'm curious because these last four, you're tied at eight to eight, Noel, going into the final four. I love how close they always are with you. You never know, Noel. You're a a conundrum wrapped in an enigma. That's me. All right. Number 17, Christopher Nolan's first film, a little movie called Following. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a long time, but um, that's a great example of like I don't know, like Christopher Nolan. I love, I, I, I obviously I like his work a lot, but he's one of those directors that's gotten so far away from his scrappy early days yeah. that it's almost sad because his movies are so bombastic and huge now. Whereas movies like Following and Memento mm. are just more like, oh my god, he took what he had and ran with it and made these really intense, beautiful movies that are really genuinely spooky and uh, and intriguing. And now it's like all bluster and, and, and a lot less of that nuance, in my opinion. I mean, he still kind of uses the same... I was just reading somebody commenting on a message board the other day saying that all of his movies kind of have a gimmick, which is sort of true. Yeah. Like, you know, I forget what it is in following, but there is a gimmick where it's like something that you think is happening isn't really happening. Um, obviously, with Memento, the movie goes in reverse. Obviously, with... Dunkirk, it's all one shot. He has little kind of gimmicks, but he uses them pretty well for storytelling. But I just love it when he's when a filmmaker is like starting out and has to kind of like make do with what they have. And following is a great example of that. Agreed. Uh, by the way, Dunkirk was not one shot. That was 1917. Oh, but Dunkirk had the the time thing. It had time distortion as yeah. well, right? Excuse me. That was that's a, right. A, a really, that was a flub on my part. Yeah. Rarely do we do in show corrections, Noel, but. We would hear from somebody on that. I know we would. All right, Noel, you're you're looking good now. It's nine to eight. The first film from Darren Aronofsky, a movie called Pie. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that, that one on the shelves at Blockbuster Video or Hollywood Video or one of those video stores back in the day, and was intrigued. I think it was in like a cult section. Yeah, because that was it, it was a, yeah. It, it's a. It's so cool and weird, and it's all about the Kabbalah and numerology, and like it's one of those movies where you don't quite know what's going on, if there really is some sinister force at play, or if it's just this guy kind of losing his mind. Um, whatever happened to that actor? He never was in anything else, really, and he was great. You know the what? The lead in Pi. Now that you're saying that, uh, I think you're right. I don't know that I've ever really seen that guy much. What was his name? Very much experimental kind of studenty first film that ending boy who no spoilers yeah, like, yeah 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 yeah. he does a thing <laughs> he does a thing uh, with a thing <laughs> with a thing to his thing um his name is sean galette right and the the guy that plays his mentor is in a lot of stuff the old man the yeah old, uh, the uh, who he plays go with the 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 uh ancient you know, chess-like game. Yeah. Um, he plays like the big bad uh, in, or one of the big bads in Breaking Bad. But let's see, Sean Gallette, what has he been in? Has he been in any other Aronofsky? He's got a great look. I'm sure he's been in some, uh, he's probably been in a lot of stuff that we just haven't really seen. Apparently he, he was in Requiem for a Dream as a small part. Um, it looks like he hasn't been in anything since 2014. Hmm. Interesting. It, guess, it looks like he's uh, writing and directing some though. Oh, there you go. That's cool. Yeah, good for him. Good for him indeed. All right, Noel. It's really coming down to the wire. It is 10 to 8. 
with two more. So you can do no worse than 50-50, my friend. Okay. That's great. Okay. All right. Number 19, a movie about vampires from Abel Farrar called The Addiction with Lily Taylor. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say uh, a woman walks home alone at night. That one's I almost put that too. on there. Did you see that one? I did see that one. But um, no, I haven't seen Addiction. Wow. No. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Christopher Walken, Annabella Sciorra, Edie Falco, Lily Taylor. Really good movie. I could see. I, I I think vampire movies lend themselves nicely to black and white totally. because the blood is just black. Yeah. And I love that. It's so creepy. It looks good. All right. So that was a no. So 10 to 9, Noel. You will uh, you will either get 50-50 or you will win the game by one. It's a little movie. I don't think you've seen this. I feel bad. Ah. About uh, very famously, John Lennon went on a vacation with uh, with his manager, uh, who was gay, Brian Epstein. And there's uh, there was always many rumors swirling about what happened on this vacation. I believe in Spain, and whether or not John Lennon, uh, whether or not they had a brief fling on that Spanish vacation or not. And there is a movie about that speculative film about that called The Hours and the Times. That's uh, Chuck. You 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 just that's like a, a a stake in my in my heart. Never even heard of the thing. All right. Well, I apologize for that. That's okay. Uh, really good movie. If you're into it, I know you're not. Yeah. Uh, no. Big on the hours and the times. Yeah, it's good. Ninety one. So that is a no, and no, that is a fifty fifty. I'd say okay. that's pretty good work, my friend. Hey, thanks, man. That was a good list, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, Chuck, I've got my running uh, notepad of, of movies to watch. I love it, and I, and I added a few of those too. And I added Roma, Do the Right Thing, and She's Got to Have It. Great. All right, I'll take that. Uh, and I think we should just wrap it up, dude. We'll do uh, we'll do a stream this on the next one. Sounds good. So thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks for playing along, Noel. Mm-hmm. Got it, man. Bye. Movie Crush is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown. Edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce Market, Atlanta, Georgia for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.